Good day, good day, good day, everyone. It's Peter Dunn, Pete the Planner, host of the Pete the Planner show. I hope you're having a great day. If you didn't notice, if you're watching on Facebook Live or YouTube Live, I am back in our actual studio, the real studio. I'm back. Started back this week. Came back from vacation. I was like, you know what? I'm going back to work. So I am back to work. And joining me, as always, is my good friend, no relation. Damien Dunn. Hello, Dame. Hello, Pete. It's it's wild. I'm I'm back in the studio. I feel really good. It looks great. I never left my studio. At times, it felt like uh, I was uh, here for the entire thing. So, uh, Jameson uh, weighing in from Texas. Hello, Jameson. Uh, thank you, everyone, for letting us take a week off. That was uh, we needed it. I was certainly. I was on vacation, a staycation. Dame just didn't do the show last week, still doing all the good work that he does. Dame, I've had a few blips coming back into the workforce this week. I wanted to share one good story and one unfortunate story that I wanted to save to tell you these stories here today. I can't wait. Okay, so here's the thing, Dame. When I came back into the all, I'm going to start. Do you want the good story or the bad story first? Um, dealer's choice. All right, we'll go with the... Uh, We'll go with the good story. I would have gone with so, bad. When we uh, when we came back to the office, I was like, "Hey, man, I gotta wear a suit. I gotta I gotta look good when I come back because I gotta feel like I'm back in it." So first day I came back, I wore you know in a suit, looked good. Second day back was yesterday, which was Thursday the fifteenth, and I am suited up. I'm feeling good, looking good, walking like I'm talking. And so there's a Starbucks about. 150 yards from our office across the parking lot. Mm -hmm. So uh, midday yesterday, um, I, I walk outside and I start walking across the parking. I'm strutting. I'm going to be honest with you. It's probably <laughs> noon and I'm just like, I'm feeling myself. I'm, you know, I've been working out. I have a beautiful yeah. suit on and I make it a halfway across the parking lot. And this truck is driving by and there's this woman in the truck and She's moving at a pretty good rate of speed. She slams on the brakes, rolls down her window, and says, damn, you look good today. Damn, I I'm telling you, this, hey, this happened. No. It's the, no, this happened. B, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me, and it happened yesterday. So I'm feeling this vibe of human interaction. I was thinking, does she have a seeing eye dog in the car? Like I didn't know what was going on. So I'm thinking, okay, well, this is what it is to just make people feel good again, to, to talk and to see people. So now it's time for the bad story. Later that afternoon, um, I'm here in our office building and I, you know, I've been drinking a lot of liquids. I went to, I went to Starbucks. I had some uh, other coffee. I, I, so I'm, I'm hitting our restroom over here, you know, pretty, pretty regularly. Well, about the fourth time I make my way there in the course of the day, I noticed that all the other three times, the same woman from a different business was going to the bathroom at the same time as I was. It was just sort of weird and mystical, right? And of course, because I'm thinking human interaction is what people need right now, <laughs> I, I, on the fourth time I'm walking in there and I go, looks like we're still we're on the same liquid schedule, huh? <laughs> and she has a mask on but you can just see her face contort to like you're the creepiest person i've ever encountered but it made sense at the time right because you just want to like be with people and feel human again and so i went from a woman complimenting me on how nice i looked and it made me feel like a million dollars to possibly having like a restraining order order filed against me by a woman in our building did you go to the upstairs bathroom after uh, this trip? No, I just I just went in your office in the other room. Awesome. But anyway, so uh, we're back. We we're back in the studio. We've got some new uh, little kitty cat friends on the show. If you're watching on Facebook Live and all that good stuff, uh, so Dame, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna start the show. We've got quite a few uh, really good segments uh, on tap today. I gotta grab my things. Get ready. Oh. Okay, let's start the show. Ready? All right. In three, two. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete 
at PeteThePlanner.com, and we will answer your questions. And we were actually doing that this week. When I say we, I mean not yes in French. I mean we as in Damien Dunn, Vice President of Advice at Your Money Line and Hey Money. Hello, Dame. Hello, Pete. Let's start off by telling everybody the good news here. Uh, we have a brand new affiliate on our radio oh, network, WSHY, yeah. The Patriot, I believe. Uh, 104.3 FM in West Lafayette, Indiana, and 14.10 AM. Thank you for carrying our show. You will be modestly pleased with what you've done. <laughs> Your decision won't be that regrettable. Right, Dame? I appreciate you setting um, a, a not too hard by, uh, not too hard by, not too high bar for us to see already. Paying yeah. Good job, uh, yeah. Patriot. Nice job. Um, so anyway, so Dane, we've got several questions this week on the show. One about I wrote about in USA Today this week, and it came to us via Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Dear Pete, I can't believe it, but we more or less survived the last 12 months without too much financial damage. We did spend through our emergency fund of $15,000 and go into about $5,000 worth of debt. But given I was jobless for nine months, I'm okay with that. I have a job now and I'm ready to get back on solid ground. Should I focus on paying off debt or building my emergency fund back up first? This is uh, from a guy named Bradley in Atlanta, Georgia. Dame, um, you know, it, it's funny sometimes when you hear these stories of someone blowing through their entire emergency fund and going into debt, sometimes the first inclination is to be like, oh man. But you know, the real emotion here should be like, oh man, you did it. Yeah. You you did it. The plan worked. Dame, why is that when you have a beautiful backup plan that works, it still hurts sometimes? I have no idea. And we see this all the time when people have an emergency fund set aside and an emergency occurs and they're reluctant to dip into it for whatever reason. They, they can't bring themselves to spend that money and they go and maybe take out a little bit of debt to, to you know, bridge that gap, whatever it may be. So I think certain personalities just have a really hard time executing the plan once it finally presents itself to be to be uh, put into action. So I can't put a finger on it, but I am thankful that uh, this particular individual was able to have that emergency fund first and foremost. Great job building it up and then go into a, a what I would assume is probably a very manageable amount of debt to uh, to bridge to that next job. Nice job. No, I'm totally with you. And it got me thinking that as we try to recover from whatever it is we've lost uh, collectively in the year 2020, that when we repair ourselves in 2021, sometimes we're going to be cleaning up some of those messes. But then it got me thinking about 2022. And it's not like this person needs to be completely out of the jam that they found themselves in by 2022. However, time ticks on, my friend. Like, there could be something else on the horizon. You read in the news this week that Pfizer saying, hey, by the way, you're going to need another shot. You're going to you're likely going to need a booster. And um, who knows if we ever get to herd immunity in the first place based on the, the reluctance of, of some folks to get uh, vaccinated. And, and understandably so, who is it for me to say? And then also with the double Johnson news this week. And so what I want to make sure in stories like this is that we're not just you know celebrating the recovery that people have and, and their emergency plans, but but we say we need to fix these sooner rather than later, even though we're all congratulating ourselves, because whatever's coming next is still coming. And so that's what worries me, especially with this consumer boom that's that's beginning to happen right now with free spending, people getting excited about things opening back up, not to be dunny downer as I often am here. However, uh, I think people got to understand that they, they've got to re-secure themselves just like Bradley in Atlanta, Georgia. Here's the good news for Bradley, at least what I, I think might be a silver lining here. For those nine months that Bradley was out of a job, he was probably living pretty darn lean for the trying to make that $15,000 go as, as far as it could and you know not having to get out, as uh, not, not get into, I should say, as, as much debt as he, he uh, needed to. Now he's got income back. And so hopefully he can maintain a, uh, a thin lifestyle for a while to give himself that jump start to do exactly what you said, get back into a, a 
good strong position with an emergency fund get rid of that debt which over order uh I, maybe you and i are going to talk about here soon um and I, I think there is a right choice there by the way pete uh but but if he can maintain that lifestyle now that he's got income he can do just what you said get to get back in an advantageous position relatively quickly what do you think the the best order is and and by the way um <laughs> by the way td says uh hello yeah, I see that. Hey, bud. Happy birthday, TD. Yeah. Uh, Dame, so what do you think the best order is? I think you got to go with the emergency fund first, even if it's just a small cushion to uh, to help you when you know life inevitably happens again to you, whether that's a, you know, a, a major car repair that has to happen or, or something else that's unforeseen. You got to have that buffer between you and needing to take out more debt to make sure that your life is going on. So uh, get that emergency fund set, whether that's, uh, you know, a thousand bucks, 2000 bucks, wh whatever you can amass relatively quickly, and then focus on getting rid of that debt and then head back to the emergency fund. Every once in a while, I'm reminded that you and I don't share a brain. I mean, it, but more often than not, we do share a brain. And, and I feel like you, you, you could have just written this column <laughs> because, <laughs> um, I, I said the exact same thing. Um, I, I also think, Sometimes when people find themselves in a jam, and let's say it took this guy a year to get into this jam, to undo the jam, even though he's fine, to undo the jam, a lot of times you got to give yourself equal time to get out of the jam that it took you to get into the jam. That's a really weird rule of thumb that doesn't always work. But I have to tell you, Dame, it works a lot. I mean, I would fully expect it to take 12 months to refill the $20,000 at least. And that's if he's living super lean, he's taking advantage of what our uncle Stimmy's given him. Mm -hmm. uh, if he's got a tax refund and it, I don't know, but if this guy happened to have children, the advanced child tax credit could certainly refill those coffers. Um, and, and like we've said here on the show, probably for the last six weeks, you're just going to hear more and more and more about the advanced child tax credit until those payments start coming out in July. And I still think they're going to shock people and get a, people are going to think they're fake and that there's some sort of weird cash. <laughs> yeah. I, the uh, IRS uh, commissioner, I, I think was uh, on the Hill this week and said they're, they're working towards making sure that those payments are going to go out. Hopefully starting in July, if, if they aren't ready, they're not going to go out in July because they don't want to open up their systems to any kind of, uh, unexpected fraud that would come through this. And I also don't think they've uh, dis uh, decided on whether they're going to go out monthly or periodically. And there is a difference there. And monthly, obviously, we all understand what that is. Oh, periodically, really? I think, I, Pete, I, I don't have a whiteboard, but I could probably explain it to you if I had okay. to. Uh, but periodically, you end up getting about three checks, one in July and then one about a quarter later and then again in December for uh, those payments. So they haven't settled on that either. But they are trudging right along. It looks like we are going to start seeing some some uh, money if you qualify in the middle of the year. Real quick here before we wrap up this segment, Dame, I have to say uh, you and I are not debating the importance of these payments because because it doesn't really matter because it's happening. Yeah. What I would be willing to weigh in on at this point is it should be monthly. Uh, and, and the reason is if it needs to have the, the best effect, I think you got to get, it's all about getting money into people's hands sooner rather than later so that their troubles don't accumulate. And so while I, there are other reasons, I'm sure that they want to spread it out. I, I don't really think they should. So Dame, let's do this coming up after the break. I have a guaranteed two segments on one question because it might be the longest question we've ever asked on the show, but it's such an interesting question. And the, the discussion afterwards will be interesting as well. That's all next on the Pete, the planner show. I'm, Pete the planner. Okay. Well, I forgot to stop the clock there and Ooh. it got weird and oh boy. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right, Dame. So, um, you, uh, what do you, what, what do you think there? Uh, uh, first of all, we got to, we got to wish your son a happy birthday. So that felt pretty good in the middle of a segment with just no context that I provided to any of the radio <laughs> audience. So our new affiliate in West Lafayette's going to be like, what are they talking about? Yeah. That's not the voice, yeah, by the way. It's, it could be. 
can I just run down the affiliate list? Uh, just be oh, we're not you, on the radio. Probably I'll do that on the radio to have maximum radio. effect. I don't think the podcast folks um, really care that much. I'm a professional. Did you see the screen pop up of my daughter's face on my iPad because I was trying to switch something over? Did you happen to see that? Totally did, and uh, it did not throw me this time. Yep, there it is. beautiful. Okay. Um, all right, let's get to it. This this is an unbelievable question that we're going to ask here and it's long i'm going to try to get through it without too many jokes but it's a good question that you and i can debate all right so let's get started in three two one back on the pete the planner show dame we go to the email bag to pull up an email question for those listening for the first time ask pete at pete the that's ask pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Uh, again, welcome to our brand new affiliates and West, our affiliate, I should say, in West Lafayette, Indiana, the Patriot, W-S-H-Y. And while we're at it, hello to uh, <laughs> folks at WVKI in Knox, Indiana, WTRC, Michiana's own 95.3 FM, and some other ones that we'll hit later because we have things to do. Dame, all right, here's the question. This is a long one. Good day, done bros. No relation. I recently turned 52 and I work full time and my wife will soon be 53. Old lady. And works part time. Our combined gross income is about 100K a year and we are empty nesters. We currently have about $75,000 in cash, $760,000 in Roth and traditional retirement accounts, and $80,000 in a high yield corporate bond that pays monthly dividends that represents a 5% annual return based on the current bond fund price. These dividends are reinvested and, it's, and it is not in a retirement account. Therefore, Dame is non-qualified. Our annual contribution towards a retirement account is currently 30 grand a year. In 2020, I received a 4% 401k match and another 10% in the ESOP. Very nice. Usually the ESOP contribution is 5%. Yet this person got a 10% contribution in 2020. I wonder what industry they're in. Our only debt is a mortgage balance. This is where it get, this is where people need to start listening to the details because this is where it gets super, super interesting. Our only debt is a mortgage balance of $127,000 on our home worth $350,000. Our principal and interest each month is only $965 a month. If we don't pay any additional amount towards the principal, our mortgage will be paid off September of 2034, when I will be 65 and my wife will be 66. So Dame, if you're like me and you were reading through this question, you're like, perfect, beautiful. You've matched up paying off your mortgage with your retirement age. Done deal. Thanks for emailing. Thanks for listening to the show. And, and, and obviously you're into older ladies. Like, so that, that was my thought. But then I read the next sentence and this is where this gets really complex. However, you, you know, you know, the second, <laughs> however, it's like, oh boy, if we can figure out the health insurance puzzle, I would like to retire from full-time work at age 60 and plan to pay off the mortgage by then. We will be receiving an inheritance of around $300,000. My original plan was to pay off the mortgage balance and free up that $965 a month of principal and interest. However, here are the three main financial scenarios I can think of, and we want to know what is the best option according to you two. So Dame, it is important to say, I read this part several times because what he left out a word. We will be receiving an inheritance of around $300,000 soon. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I read through it, it, it and, and that is what he's implying. He's not yes. like, hey, well, eventually we're going to get 300000 No, he's getting it now. So we've got $300,000 to work with to figure out the best path for this person. I love these. I mean, this is why I got in the business because I love <laughs> this situation. Okay, option. Pay off the mortgage balance of $127,000 right now and invest some or all of the $965 a month that's been freed up. Okay, that's option one. Don't pay off the mortgage invest what is representative of $127,000 in equities, then pay off the mortgage at age 60. Without any extra principal payments, we will have a balance of $60,000 when I reach age 60. So I did read this part a couple times the first time. So what it means, Dame, is instead of paying off the $127,000 that he would have available via this inheritance, he would just keep making his payment like he normally does. But age 60, when he plans on retiring, 
He's just going to say, oh, what's my balance now? Now I'm going to pay that off. And, and, and that balance would be $60,000 at age 60. Option three, invest the $127,000 into the high yield corporate bond fund, redeem $500 a month in dividends and put that towards our mortgage principal. I realize the dividends and share price can fluctuate in the future and the yield may be under 5%. We can write out uh, any share price decrease before we cash it in. So I'm not concerned about the value at age 60. With this scenario, the mortgage will be paid off in 2029, June 1st of 2029, or a few months before I turn 60. He put together a spreadsheet for us showing the potential value of the equities, depending on what he does. Uh, before we get to that, Dame, the third option of using the bond fund yield to pay off the mortgage, is that something that you're even considering in your top two options or have you dismissed it like I have? Um, I don't know why I've dismissed it, but I've dismissed that. I, I think he's trying to split the difference on something. And I, I don't know if if I, if I want to go that route, but it's, it's, it's probably not the top two. Yeah. I don't know why I, I don't either. And so what he does is he shows us at various rates of return, what putting away. So the first, the first thing I'm going to share with you is if he uh, paid off the mortgage right now, paid off the 127,000 and then just invested the $965 a month at various rates of return. This is what it would show in terms of his balance uh, when, when the mortgage would be paid off, otherwise paid off. At 5% rate of return, it'd be $120,000. And, and he gave us a bunch, but I'm going to say at 8% rate of return, it'd be $137,500. So that is, in, in another way, he essentially breaks even mm -hmm. if he were to do that particular plan. His, his uh, mortgage rate, as everyone is wondering, is 3.25%. Then he said, all right, instead of doing that, instead of paying off the mortgage, I'm going to take that $127,000 that I just inherited on top of the rest that I inherited. And instead of paying off the mortgage, I'm going to invest it in an equity fund and just keep paying my mortgage as normal and see if I can grow that money at a higher rate of return and then deal with the ramifications later. At a 5% rate of return, he's at $187,600 uh, over the next eight years. And at an 8% rate of return, it's at $235,000. Now, what's really important to consider here is net rate of, net rate of return mm -hmm. because he's going to have to pay tax on the gains depending on how the money is invested each of the next eight years if he chooses to not use a qualified vehicle or anything like that. So it adds a little bit more complexity to that. So Dane, uh, first... We have two minutes left. That's a seven minute question. <laughs> but I, but it makes like, this is a lovely conversation. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not in this situation uh, that this gentleman is other than, uh, you know, I'm in striking distance of my mortgage being paid off too. Uh, at around, it would be a similar age to this sort of situation. For the 50, it'll be paid off by the time I'm 53. But if money came my way, I would try to figure this sort of thing out too. So I think this mm -hmm. is why this resonates. Where are you leaning right now and why? I was really hoping I could go an entire segment without saying a single word. So I I, I thought you'd stretch it, but uh, you, you didn't. So are our listeners. Yeah. But go ahead. I think I'd pay it off. I think I'd pay the mortgage off now. I think you and I are on another side. We're on opposite sides. A little teeter-totter action. All right. Done and done. Done, done, done. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. The next segment of the show, you and I are going to have an old school debate, which will end in me siding with you. Probably <laughs> at the end, like I always do. You and I are going to talk about our top three reasons why we're going to do what we do. Uh, and I also have to say, this is the glory of not doing show planning. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, did your? I think your wife just weighed in uh, as well, and yeah. I think she agrees with you. And for those of you on the new affiliate, uh, don't forget we have a live stream that goes at oh. the same time we record the show, and people can comment. So if if you are interested, check us out at uh, New Pete, you know, wherever we are. Fridays at noon on Facebook at the Pete the Planner page, and or YouTube at the Pete the Planner page, Fridays at noon Eastern. So anyone ever listening on their radios on the weekend or on the podcast, you can watch this happen live and you can contribute 
to the conversation and we occasionally reference those comments without context to the radio audience. So Dame, let's do this. Let's take a break, come back. The great debate is on and it's next on the Pete the Planner Show. Oh my gosh, how about that for a little outro there? Okay, so now we got a bunch of people weighing in here. Okay, mm-hmm. so Cassie agrees with you. Nick mm-hmm. Jackson agrees with Dame. Mm-hmm. Jameson's going for jokes. What a condundum. Mm-hmm. That's reasonable, James. That's 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 okay. <laughs> Daniel says, are you guys going to go be good done, bad done routine on this emailer? I don't know how we could pull that off for this. I mean, right, right done, wrong done. <laughs> uh, Todd says, did the gentleman say what industry he works in? He's assuming that job income is always going to be there. That's actually a good point. Well, hold on. Don't don't make Todd, don't make Todd. points. Can someone help me, please? Kate, invest the inheritance. She meant to say the, but she said to gee. Okay. And then of course Dan's is gonna side with Dan. I'd rather depend on not having to pay bills. Okay. All right. Crit- criticizing people that agree with you probably isn't going to get more people to agree with you. Just saying. Welcome to my life. All right, so I'm going to take a drink of this Premier Protein Lean Protein Shake right now. Is that a new sponsor? No, I just, I'm drinking this because I, I feel like I'm going to have to battle you in the next segment. No I, free ads. Mm, sorry. All right, Dame. Okay, so real quick, for those that are just joining us uh, earlier, I was telling a story about how a woman slammed on her brakes to compliment how nice I looked yesterday. And then later that afternoon, I made a comment to a woman walking towards a public restroom that her and I were on the same liquid schedule. And Dame, I'm wondering as to one is a, the high of a high and the low of a low, which has a bigger magnitude to it? Like in your opinion, if someone were to stop you and tell you how good you look versus you say something creepy and then after the fact you realize it and, and then if can you risk like arrest and things. Like, which is, has a bigger magnitude, the high of the high or the low of the low? Probably the low of the low because there's a reasonable chance and I'm going to see that person periodically oh, for a long time. I had not considered that. <laughs> I had not considered that. Oh. Can you just start wearing a wig to the bathroom or something? Is that a, you know, oh, Brittany says it's low too. You know what? I'm going with the high of the high. You got it at this point. High. You have to. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, I'm ready. Oh, I got to write down my three points. Do you have three points? I'm going to have to just make them up on the fly. At, at least three. Oh, God. Can you stop reading the Facebook live comments? Cause I feel like people want to help you because they feel sorry for you. <laughs> okay. Three, two, Back on the Pete the Planner show. All right, Dame, we just had the world's longest email question, and it boils down to this. This person has $127,000 left on their mortgage, and they just inherited a bunch of money. They've got eight years until they want to retire. Is that right? Yes. If the person pays off the mortgage with $127,000 and then invests what his mortgage payment is now, that's one option. And option two that you and I are debating is should he just invest the $127,000, pay his mortgage as normal, and then at the end of the eight-year period, just make a withdrawal out of that investment to pay off the remaining balance? And at the break, you said you went with option one. I'm choosing option two. Let's have it. Would you like to go f- uh, be first and, and wrong, or do you want to be? Do you want me to go first and be right? Well, how do you prefer? Do you want to uh, go back and forth as well? Okay, uh, you, sure. you give a point yeah. and then I give a point. Uh, you, you can go use... first. Ladies first. Okay. okay, go ahead. Appreciate it. Uh, job stability. I, who knows if if that job is going to continue or if they're going to have to uh, have, a, have, there's a health issue that requires them to pull back a little bit or take a different job that may not have the same income. If you can have that mortgage paid off and have that uh, stability in your life, which is something that we champion around here quite a bit is stability. I think you're going to sleep a lot better knowing that there's going to be a roof over your head for as long as you want it to be. I will say that you threw stability in my face, felt a little condescending. I, I just I just wanted to say that publicly. I'm sorry. Okay. Fair point. What's your name, David? Fair mm-hmm. point, Damon. I think this. 
if he inherited three hundred thousand dollars, right, which mm-hmm. is what he said, mm-hmm. it's not like he only inherited one hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars. If he loses his job, he's got plenty of an emergency fund. I don't think that it's worth giving up what really matters in this situation to mitigate an issue that's already mitigated with the rest of his, dare you say, stability that already exists. So as the audience is looking on Facebook Live and and overwhelmingly says, I win round one. Dame, what about you? What's your round two point? I'm I'm gonna just try and uh, rebut that uh, point of yours before I even get to my my round two point. Okay, they've got a really nice nest egg set aside for retirement already. If they do nothing else and get average market returns, they're gonna have close to one and a half million dollars sitting aside ready for retirement. Which, if they make a hundred thousand dollars a year, if you include any social security or possibly pension payments to go along with that, do they really need the extra growth of the three hundred thousand dollars for the next? 10 or so years, give or take, depending on what route they take. Uh, and I would argue, no, it's not really that crucial to their long-term success. Whereas they could get that extra stability now with the 300, with the $127,000 to eliminate the mortgage point dose. Wait, that is your point too. It's just, no, 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 no. One. no that, that was me arguing against your point that they Do don't I get actually... to rebut your rebuttal. It's your show, man. You do whatever you want. Okay. I completely dismiss your rebuttal. Point two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, the flexibility. They can do whatever they want at this point. Maybe if they pay off the mortgage, they can, uh, you know, possibly sell the house and downsize and have all of that uh, set aside for uh, equity on the, the next house, or then take some of that and invest that as well. Uh, if they want to work longer, they can without any concerns to mortgage payments or anything like that, or relocate and, and chase uh, kids. I don't know if they have kids. Maybe I just granted them kids. Who knows? But they have ultimate flexibility with the mortgage paid off, and they are less dependent on that income. All right. I think that my point too is happens to be the exact opposite of that. It's the flexibility that causes the issue. Because if you look at the language of this emailer, he says, (laughs) Um, he says, and invest some or all of the $965 a month. Dame, he ain't going to do it. That flexibility is tempting him. It's like when you go to the bathroom the same time as someone in your building at four times in one day the temptation to say something like we're on the same liquid schedule. It's too much for some people. This flexibility is too much for this person. It's possible. He's just saying some or all because he's not sure which direction he needs to go to make this work. If anything, do you have a good point that you're going to make? Yeah. Market fluctuation. We have no idea what's going to come in the next eight years. Point three market fluctuation. There's no guarantee that there will be any or all of that money set aside to pay off this mortgage when he needs it at age 60 without um, maybe presenting other problems. Okay. Uh, I see your market fluctuation and raise you. What's it matter in eight years? If his, if his money has dipped, he just waits longer. He's got plenty of money. This is the elementary mistake people make in retirement planning that thinks, if they have some down years leading into retirement that it ruins everything. No, it doesn't. Cause it's not like they're taking max income off all this stuff. I don't think it really matters at all. As long he is, as he is invested according to his risk tolerance with a decent asset allocation. And uh, he's working with a financial advisor that can even set up some degree of a bucket system with this. And never mind, Mole Frere, he's got another $173,000 from the inheritance that he could uh, also depend on if things get weird. These three reasons that I've just given, I was forced to give in retaliation and in sort of response to some lesser points, have me the winner of this particular debate. First of all, your fancy foreign language isn't winning you any points with our listeners. I don't know who you think you are or who you're trying to pretend to be, but that's just not the case. What was my foreign language? What did I say? Mon frere. Oh, I didn't even realize. What language is that? I, I believe it's French. Please correct me in the comments if I'm wrong. Uh, 
if the market goes down, Pete, not only is this $300,000 going to go down and what he's got sitting there set aside for the mortgage payment, but his retirement's going to go down too, making this money even more crucial. Whereas if he pays the mortgage off, he can dollar cost average back into the market while it's lower in order to catch that wave back up as it, re as it rebounds. By the way, dollar cost averaging has proven to be completely overrated. Only when you don't do it right. Okay, so I will say this. We've just said, wait, wait, wait can I time out our, our faux debate here? Sure. Um, are you answering this as to what you would personally do or are you answering this as to what he should do? I'd pay off the mortgage. Okay, so you're doing this as... Yeah, as me, as me. Okay, I will be me for a second, which is very difficult, okay? <laughs> I, I would probably... probably uh, Invest it. Okay. No, I would. I would pay. I, I would pay it off. Oh, no, okay. wait, wait. I, I would. I would invest it. I would invest it. I, make I up, your, make up your mind, man. No, I'm not going to pay it off. I would invest the money because what I know about myself is flexibility ain't a good thing. If if when behaviorally in all areas of my life, if I leave wiggle room for well, I might the might isn't going to happen. If I say it's what I'm doing, it happens. And so what I'm doing is I'm taking that additional $127,000 and I'm investing it and it's going to be conservative-ish. And, and there you go. And if I lose my job, I still have the other 173000 And you know these people have a hearty emergency fund too. He didn't mention, oh, $75,000 in cash. And it probably is just in a safe and he should send us the combination and their address. But now... I, by the way, uh, emailer, did he put a name on this? So, so wait a second. Rob. You're, you're, you're going to invest the money and you're totally discounting the, put it in the, the bond fund that's given 5% and pay it off a little early with the dividends? I'm No, listen, I, I'm dismissing it in the sense that he already has a conservative part of his portfolio that's represented with that money. And so this allows him to take some calculated risk. And by the way, it's Rob from Minnesota that sent this email. Uh, and we have 30 seconds left. Let me say this. Rob, I just gave you my opinion as to what I would do with my situation. Dame gave you his opinion. Uh, and, and I do want to say this, and maybe Dame agrees. I think either option's probably fine. Yeah. Um, the more conservative option would be to pay it off now, and you're just going to have to monitor your behavior. And I also want to say congratulations for putting yourself in this situation. Dame and I both think that is fantastic. Coming up after the break, the biggest waste of money of the week and the news right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. All right. in the uh, Right now, Facebook Live, YouTube Live. Who won? Put a name. Dame or Pete. Who there won? Will, there will be no hard feelings. And, and it's not pretty watching Pete cry. So if you vote Pete, I understand. Brittany says I won. Amanda says I didn't make any points. I just rebutted yours. I, I have to admit it did seem that way. However... All of because Dame and I do this for a living, those are more or less the three main fulcrums of decision. And so we were going to be on either side of it based on our justification. So it did seem that way, but I, I they were isolated points. Danza trying to keep things in line here says it's a draw. Oh. Jameson said Pete, but then here's the thing Jameson said that he sh you should invest before we started talking anyway. Uh, Kate says Pete. Amanda says, Damien, I think it's because I, I just said that she was wrong about me just rebutting. <laughs> <laughs> Nick says we're both winners, which we know is not true. Uh, and then Kate says, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Okay. Good enough. You know, you know, I, I, I really would invest it. Okay. I, I would really pay it off. Do you think his age matters to this or, or is it not a matter of his age, but the distance from retirement? That's a fair question. Um, oh, now I ask a good question. I don't know. Um, I, the age is interesting, although, I mean, if you could be young and have no mortgage for a long time. See, I, this is where you and you brought up a good point. If I said I might do this and it doesn't happen, I, I think that's an excellent point. 
But that's where automation comes in. You don't give yourself the chance to not do it. You get it set up once and it rolls on forever and you just forget it's happening. So you can you can mitigate that risk pretty easily. You can also de-automate something pretty easily. You <laughs> like, could. I, I'll just say, like, I, again, my answer is literally for who I am as a person who have gotten to know myself. Um, I, I will be mortgage-free at 53. And what terrifies me about that is all the freedom that comes with it. I would much rather, uh, and I'm not saying I'm retiring at 53. That's not where this is going. I would much rather change to my new income need, which is a way to say retirement, um, at the exact same time I become mortgage-free. That is my preference. And no, I did not just announce my retirement at age 53, but I, that's the way my brain works. Okay. That's fascinating. You know, the other factor here too is the second he hits 59 and a half, all that qualified money becomes available, both sure. Roth and traditional, which makes it more of a backup plan, which makes me right. Okay, Dame, are you ready for the final segment? I hated to embarrass you in front of your son knowing that he's watching the show right now. Right, he doesn't care. He's, <laughs> he's used to it. He likes it. He's like, yeah, get him again, Uncle Pete. Not, a, not, not Uncle Pete. Not Uncle Pete. Three, two, one, this week's Blom, the biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show is, by the way, if you're just joining us for the first time on uh, our new affiliate, the Patriot in West Lafayette, Indiana, every week in the fourth segment, we have something called the biggest waste of money of the week, the Blom. And it is uh, something that happened in our world that if you were to spend your money on this, it is uh, probably a big waste of money. Sometimes we highlight things that are not a waste of money. Now, Dame, I don't know if you remember, but uh, a few weeks ago, the uh, Evermore, I believe it was called the, oh, Ever Given. There was a, a ship called the Ever Given that was jammed inside of the Suez Canal. You remember this? I, I think I heard something about it. It shut down the world. I mean, it really did. It like slowed down a lot of things. So the Suez Canal Authority was like, you knew they were going to punish the ever given in some way over this debacle because it, it really shut them down. And as we learned a couple of weeks ago, anytime you pass through the Suez Canal, what, what did we say the fee was? $700,000 or so it's a lot. Per, per ship. So with all the ships not able to go through, you knew they were going to be level five heated. Well, they have taken control of the ship, the Suez Canal Authority, and until the owner agrees to pay for $1 billion in compensation and fines, the ever given will not be given back. And that is this week's biggest waste of money of the week. So Dame, if you own the ever given, would you pay $1 billion to get your ship back? And I know you're saying, well, it depends what the ship costs me. It depends what's on the ship. Uh, what, what do you do here? Do you just tell the Suez Canal uh, to pound sand? <laughs> what would you? What would you do? I mean, there's so many things. I mean, if I tell them to pound sand, do they stop me from my business from sending any more ships through the canal until that money is paid, which could be a big problem. The other thing I'm wondering is how many mercenaries could I hire for $50 million to fly in there on little helicopters and hijack my own boat and you know bring it back to me and make a movie out of this? Because I, I think you could very easily make some cash out of this. I mean, this has got I'm your captain now written all over it. <laughs> totally. Um, here's the other thing that's worth noting who in the world say, like, Oh, uh, you say a billion. Hold on to me. And yeah. what do you want to put in the memo section? Like who, who, who you got an extra bill laying around, uh, your, uh, studio North there right now. It's a business expense, Pete. It just comes off on taxes. I love when people say I, <laughs> as a business owner, one of the funniest things is when you're out with another business owner and the person like grabs the check, like, oh, I'm just going to write it off. And it's like, you do realize <laughs> you're still paying for it, right? Yeah. Just write it off. Or uh, sometimes non-business owners are like, oh, you can just write it off. And it's like, yeah. yeah, you still pay for it. You just don't pay taxes on the money earned. Dane, what's in the news this week? Uh, on the first play from scrimmage this spring, the University of Central Florida quarterback at underscore Dylan Gabriel completed a five-yard pass to tight end at Jake Hescock, and a new era of UCF football had begun. 
I'm not just talking about the Gus Miles and coaching era. No, I'm also talking about the name, image, and likeness branding era. That's right. UCF's players did not have their names on the back of their jerseys during Saturday's spring game. They had their Twitter handles. What? (gasps) This is like, he hate me. Exactly like that. That's genius. Yeah. So UCF has not decided if they will continue the practice in the fall, but it is under consideration. I just thought of something terrible. Okay, so Dame, here's the reality of the 21st century. When you and I were in high school, oh, there there were there was no social media, there was no camera phones, thank God. Um, dumb things happen uh, via the the brains of of young people, and that's okay. You and I have done a lot of dumb things. I continue to do dumb things. I just do them less publicly, maybe in the lobby of our our, our building here, but less publicly. What are the chances that someone's putting their Twitter handle on there? Someone goes to the Twitter handle and sees all the horrible things they've done over the last several years, and it actually ends up hurting them. I think the chances of that are pretty high. I mean, I would think, and but this is a a forty-something-year-old adult now, adult now, uh, that maybe it puts a little pressure on you to keep things neat and tidy on your Twitter if you're going to be putting your name out there that much. Well, I know myself too well to know. I mean, here, I mean, I guess this is just a conversation about wisdom. Dude, I've been off of Twitter the last two weeks and it has been the best two weeks of my life. Like I, I like, I don't feel the need to try to put any hot takes out there. I don't feel the anxiety and stress of everyone being mad at everything. And sometimes rightfully so. Uh, anyway, what else is in the news? Apple share of smartphone ownership continues to increase. According to Piper Sandler's taking stock with teen spring 2021 survey, of the 7,000 respondents, 88% have an iPhone. Ooh. The highest percentage they've seen in the survey uh, and up from 85% in the spring of 20. In addition, iPhone may have room to move higher with 90% of teens anticipating their next phone to be an iPhone. This metric is also the highest ever in their survey uh, and up from 88% in last spring survey. Apple's other hardware products showed strong results as well with 28% of teens owning an Apple watch and nearly 70% of teens owning AirPods, which I would bet a high percentage of those 70% of teens own probably three AirPods. <laughs> did you write that joke before the show or did that just happen? It just happened. Are you sure? Yeah. That's really funny. Uh, I'm not doubting you, but the voice sounds yeah. like I'm doubting you. Yeah. Um, have you ever owned a, an Android? Yes, it was like a Galaxy 4 or something. Like it was, it's been a long time. And when you switched, were you like, oh, or did, were you, did it not matter to you? Uh, it did because I didn't have to restart the darn thing like twice a day. I switched to Mac, probably all Apple products, probably in 2006. Mm-hmm. And I've not looked back. I don't think I've owned another PC or Windows-based device since then. I am so deep in the ecosystem at this point that I don't even want to think about getting away from it. I mean, with with uh, the exception being like Alexa-type products, Amazon, uh, a little Echo products, stuff like that. But even then, it's like, uh, do I really want to dip my toes here or not but yeah you, I'm, and now i'm giving news did you see the report this week that apple tv will now actually likely be a tv that includes an embedded camera in it and it, and it's like okay there's a couple things to consider here i just said i'm all in on mac the worst thing about anything apple is actually apple tv it compared to like a fire stick it's fire stick a thousand times better in my uh non-expert opinion i I look at people via camera all the time. Like all of us do these. I don't want it on my TV. I, I mean, I get it. I, I mean, I, to have a family chat and just be sitting in your living room talking to people, I get it, but I'm not going to change out my TV for that. Would you? Oh, not, not specifically for that. Not at all. I, I've never used a fire stick, so I don't know any. Oh, any it's good. It's but, so uh, great. Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you can, Get it as a holiday gift for everybody in the offices. I will. I will do that. I will get everyone fire sticks. What Write holiday? it down. Write it down. The Feast of the Epiphany. Whatever you want. What else is in the news? 
It's not quite nearly the $1 billion blunder that Citigroup made last summer, but Charles Schwab accidentally sent more than a million dollars to a Fidelity brokerage account of a woman in Louisiana. Schwab blamed the issue uh, on a software enhancement for erroneously transferring $1.2 million in February to the Fidelity account of Kellen Spadoni rather than the $82.56 she had requested. So she just reported the error, right? Well, after a month of failed attempts to recover the cash uh, because Spadoni wasn't answering her phone, uh, Schwab filed a criminal complaint on April 6th. Uh, Spadoni, 33, was arrested the next day in Harvey, Louisiana, on charges of bank fraud, theft, and illegal transmission of monetary funds. She transferred about $350,000 into another account and used it to buy a new SUV and home. The reason she didn't answer her phone because she had an Android that wouldn't work. All right, Dame, that's all we have sh- time for on the show this week. Wow. He ended with, with a great joke. joke. <laughs> uh, thanks for a new affiliate, West Lafayette. Uh, in West Lafayette, the Patriot. Uh, sorry about everything. Uh, send you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Pete the Planner Show. If this is your first time as an affiliate uh, where you receive our radio show and all of that just happened. I mean, I'm being half serious here. Are you pleased or are you like, what have we done? I, th- I think we had a, a couple of solid segments there, but I, I think it, so too. I, I think it, it really depends on uh, what what time block they're going to try and put us in. I mean, if it's going to be an overnight, then uh, what do they really care? It's just two guys filling up some dead space. But uh, if it's, if it's uh, one of the more uh, prime times, which it's not going to be, no, it'll be on the weekend. You know, uh, they do a, uh, they carry the Dave Ramsey show during the week. And then yeah. I think they do like a, a recap on the weekend. Yeah. I would love to be just right next to Dave, Dave's show. You, that, that way you can see what apples and oranges taste like, right? Absolutely. Uh, by the way, I just got a note from uh, our flagship, WIBC in Indianapolis. <laughs> Uh, we are, uh, at a different time this weekend due to an IndyCar race, due to an IndyCar race. What was the, uh, Grand Prix this weekend? Of Alabama. That's true. The Grand Prix oh. of Alabama is this weekend. Hmm. Well, you know, best of luck and stay safe to everybody racing, if, uh, all of the friends of the show. Dame, there was something else I was going to tell everybody this week. I don't remember what it was. I don't know. I remember. Oh. I did want to thank Jeremy, our friend Jeremy, who's uh, mm-hmm. here joining us on the show, or Pilot Jeremy, as we like to call him. Uh, s- send us uh, some nice um, spherical ice cube makers so that we can pour liquor in our face that's at the right temperature. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Dave, that's it. Uh, I'm going to go see if our coworker Oz is back. We're, we're working together again, mask, distance, doors between us. It was so good to see her. It was fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, uh, Danza, we're ending with this. Danza says Ramsey would con- condemn Pete as an idiot for choosing to invest rather than pay off the mortgage. Hey, maybe the the Ramsey audience will like you, Dame. Maybe. Maybe. Yep. Who knows? All right. Hey, uh, everybody have a good week. Um, stay safe. Wash your hands. Eat some vegetables. And finally, only buy two ply. <laughs>